understand Sagittarian matters. Getting grossed out by Christmas. Pajama B.O. Crying emojis, Lyme disease, and more. With my guest, Lizzie Cooperman. Stay tuned. Cooperman is one of my favorite comedians in Los Angeles. She writhes around on the stage, she mastered the full crouch, and she bangs out spooky notes on a keyboard in between her jokes. Lizzie was named one of Time Out LA's comedians to watch in 2018, and you can watch her, I mean hear her, debut comedy album Organism on iTunes right now. Please enjoy my talk with Lizzie about comedy, Christmas, Lyme disease, and more. see the episode of full house where joey was dating a female comedian and she like was like met you know met the whole full house family met everybody and then they all were like we're gonna support you we're gonna go see your stand-up and they went and then she told jokes about all of them and then they were all offended and then they were like we don't want to be friends with you anymore and like shaking their heads at her and then she learned a valuable lesson about not telling jokes about people and i feel like that's my life you know, in a different, in a different way. That's where- so true because that happened at the show that you just saw the new material night at Dynasty Typewriter. I did a joke and I said, "If you think this joke is about you, it's not you," because I was afraid this person was in the audience. The senior citizen you had sex with. Yeah. <laughs> was that? I'm also like, he's gonna listen to this. He's a huge Sagittarian Matters fan. I was having sex with three senior citizens at once. <laughs> It's so you don't know which one you are. <laughs> no. No. But was that sexy senior there? I, I don't know. I still don't know if he was there. Oh. Well, somebody else told a joke about how everyone they date looks like a troll, and then they were like, no offense, no offense if any. That's just, so funny because you don't know. And living in L.A., you're just like, oh, these people are going to pop up. And I just had something happen last night where I was talking to a guy, and I was like, I have to use that. But he comes to my shows. Yeah. What did he say? Oh like, my I God. Have... He's like, that's the thing is I feel like people listen to these things. Oh yeah. Cause they're looking you up yeah. and in there. All right. be, you know what I mean? Like when people are like on the prowl, they'll listen. <laughs> I know a podcast is the worst. Cause it's, right. there's something that's so intimate about it. So then they, it's like they're hanging out I with you. Share, I want to really, it was just an earnest question. It was one of those questions that have you ever been on a dating app before? Yes. Okay. I'm going to say like the opening questions that people use are things they rip from like bustle articles or whatever. Yeah. Much respect to bustle. Like I don't what? even know, but they'll be like, uh, one guy. So this wasn't a Tinder thing, but I was like, why is this guy asking me this? He texted me, uh, glazed donuts or powdered. And I was like, I I'm going to kill myself. I go, why are you asking me this? And my friend goes, no, that's like a thing they do. Just to they get you try to, to respond. Yeah. To, to start a conversation, I'm like, that's what you're going to ask me? I'm like, you just like came to my show, saw this whole thing, and now you're asking me about donuts? That makes just me sad. like, great set. Do you want to hang out sometime? Or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah, like, yeah. This is, And then you were like, I have to use that. But it's like one of those things where but it's like... That wasn't even the quote. Oh. But this was more just like a, what's your favorite color type thing. But it was, you know, a conversation I was having with somebody. 
And you're just like, I don't fucking know. Like, I don't yellow. Like, I don't know. Get me out of here. <laughs> I that's like people that get very involved in whether or not the toilet paper roll should go over or under. And like, that's a cornerstone of their personality. Is like it's right or wrong. And I'm like, that's your. That's all you have going on. Like, that's all that's going on upstairs. It's right. like it's right. like your team. You're, that's so. That's all you have going on upstairs. Like really? Like can you imagine? Like I've, that's kind right. of what I think you should send someone a tender message right. that says toilet paper roll over or under. You should totally do that. <laughs> it's also so gross to make people think about you going to the bathroom. No, I want them to never think I go to the bathroom. Right. I don't. I know. I hate. That's or a catheter on a date. One thing. One type of humor. I'm. Not, I cannot handle bathroom. Me humor. neither. Oh my god! I'm so that makes me. Yeah, people are okay. always surprised. Me too. People go, "It's so funny, Lizzie." And I'm like, "It's truly not, <laughs> unless your story is like this happened, to, like I, unless it's in the form of a story and something humiliating that I can relate to." And yeah. I don't want to cross it out completely because I can find anything, any topic. I'm open to that. Yeah. I'm not like, don't talk about this, this or that. But bathroom humor, in terms of my sensibility, just does not. I turn off when people talk about that and porn. Oh. I, 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 like in, in their comedy bits? Yeah, for some reason, I kind of am just like, yeah, great. Oh, this is your porn chunk. I think there's like a, and some people have great jokes about it. I'm sure this is me just what my brain does. It's yeah. not that I'm like, I hate jokes about porn. Don't yeah. talk about it. But when someone's like, so I was watching porn the other day. I'm just like, TikTok, sweetie. <laughs> I wish that you were mic'd in the audience. TikTok, sweetie. Like for me, I just shut down when people talk about, maybe it's just like, I don't like picturing people. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't make me laugh to think about like someone going to the bathroom or jerking off. Yeah. Or jerking off. Like, I don't want to think about some guy on stage. <laughs> like what, watching, yeah. watching stuff yeah, on his phone. Been, like, like littered with Mountain Dew cans. And, like, I just can't handle that. There's, I don't like when people, when you're like at a restaurant or you've just eaten and I don't like the terms like burrito baby. I don't like that. I don't like a, I don't like a dropping the kids off at the pool. I don't like a, I don't like a, my, my old roommate who I love very much, but she used to rub her stomach every time we ate. And I was like, can you eat without touching your stomach? Is it possible that you can eat without leaning back and just like running your hand over your stomach being like, oh, my belly's full. And she was like, no, I don't think I can. Like we tried. Like I was like, I challenge you to stop touching yourself after you've She's eaten like a meal. making you picture her whole <laughs> digestive system. <laughs> the thing is I do graphic stuff. Like yeah. I don't talk. I'm not. I do it too in a way. Yeah. Because I talk about gross stuff sometimes, you know. So it's like I, I guess I do it too. Yeah, but it's just there's just, just what I'm listening when I'm listening. That's what I turn off to. But but I have full permission to say whatever I want to say. Whatever you want to say. Um, can you tell me your feelings or your um, preconceived notions about Christmas? Oh my god! <laughs> oh yeah. So I did this bit the other night. It's something I'm working on. I think that people who like Christmas want to fuck their family. <laughs> I truly do. I look at photos of families and I'm like, why are you in flannel pajamas with your dad? There's no reason for your whole family to be like gathered on a couch, like matching <laughs> flannel. And then you guys all like he- Googling soups and stews. <laughs> and then everyone pours <laughs> the soup and like holding like hot cups of water with like cinnamon sticks. And it's just so humid. In the garage. <laughs> and I was talking to somebody about it. I was like, 
like someone coming back from a run and like <laughs> like in the morning like one by one the family members like come like with a top knot in your hair <laughs> and then like sitting braless on the couch like <laughs> watching a movie with your family like it's there's so much grossness to me around Christmas I say this as like a Jew who's not close to her family so but it's just like I I look at Christmas photos and I'm like, I want no part of it. I feel like also growing up Jewish, I kind of like put on blinders to Christmas. Mm. Because like I would go to the store with my mom and like we would be like, they'd hand us our groceries and be like, Merry Christmas. My mom would go, tell them. And I go, what? And she would be like, tell them. And I'd be like, I'm Jewish. And then they'd be like, then happy Hanukkah or whatever. Oh we like, why do I have to be the one to say it, Mom? Yeah. I think she wanted me to be proud of it. Aww. Which I kind of like that she did that. I was like, wow, that's kind of a power move. Yeah, that's a power move. Way to go, Diane. Yeah. <laughs> but do you do it now when people are like, Merry Christmas? You're like, mm-mm. I kind of sometimes just look at them and go, thanks. I don't say it, but I don't know why. I have kind of a bitchy streak that's been coming out lately. Oh, good. I'm finding I have some sharper angles. What are they? When do they come out? More prominent. <laughs> I don't. Not even bitchier. Just like you know how, as you grow, you feel like you know yourself better, and you don't feel like you have to be as polite about certain things. Yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. I need to. I might have to soften some of my edges. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't I don't care. I mean, like, the more, the older I've gotten, and right. th- the more that, like, therapy has aged, like, a fine cheese or something, the more, right. the less, the less, like, edge buffering I've done. Mm. Like, for example, when you walked up to this house where I'm house-sitting, I showed you, there's two crumpled pieces of paper on the front mat. Right. And those are symbolic. So basically, in LA, a thing that happens all the time is people want to film the outside of your building while they're filming. So they'll put this thing, this piece of paper that says, like, notification of filming. I just fucking stick it all over everything. You know, and like the first week I lived here, I was like, oh my God, cool. My house is going to be in a thing. You know, but then now I'm just like, ah. But so I was taking a nap the other day and this old man banged on the door to be like, I wanted to talk to you about us filming. And I was like, I'm taking a nap. I was like wearing a full like footy pajama set with the dog. Unacceptable. Unacceptable with my eye mask on. And I was like, I'm napping. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to make, I was like, it's fine. I was like, just go. But so then I crumpled, after he left, I crumpled up his survey and I like threw it on the porch. And then I walked down to close the gate because he left it open. And he was like, oh, sorry. I thought I closed that. I was like, well, you didn't close it. But I just was a thing where I, you know, maybe like a year ago or a couple, I would have been like, it's okay. It's okay. Just show up whenever you want, leave the gate open. The the dog will get out. Who cares? I'll get another dog. So sorry to bother you. So sorry to bother you. You know, it's like that thing where women like bump into a chair and they're like, sorry, excuse me. Right. So now instead I've learned to say, excuse me, when people bump into me instead of sorry. Good. Mm -hmm. I love that. Also, I have to say for a city that doesn't get started until like 10 or 11. Yeah. They do. People in Los Angeles don't respect sleep. Especially like construction starting at like seven a.m. No, yeah, was hap- that was happening outside my window for like months, and I was like, "You're ruining my life." And I actually like <laughs> one day I went to my car and I just said it. I go, "You're ruining my life," and not to anyone in particular, but I was just like, "I just have to vocalize it." Yeah, because I'm like literally can't. You know, I'm like, I need to sleep. Yeah. I need sleep, Nicole. You need sleep. You you're I out do. late. Yeah. 
right. Chuckle Factory. I'm out at Whatever. Funny Nuts. <laughs> You're out of funny. Yeah. That's talking about sex positivity right. and Christmas. Right. You come home, you need to sleep in a little bit. I do. I need it. I need it. Wait, are you going to do Christmas this year? Yes. I'm going to Portland. Oh, you are? For Christmas. Okay. That's where I go every year. That's so sweet. I can't wait to put on some flannel jammies. Oh, my God. Just <laughs> some warm gingerbread bake. Is there anything baking in the oven, mother? What's baking? I'm going to curl up with another blanket. And not shower. I feel like no one's showering. This There's year. pajama bo There's happening. Pajama bo. Oh my god, that's so gross. <laughs> There's pajama bo. There's a cinnamon stick wherever. Right. There's cinnamon yes. sticks in every cup, every glass. Yeah. Things baking gravy, gravy oh my steam god. Is coming. Gravy up? part of Christmas for me. Yeah, it I is bet, I bet. stews, soups, stews, soups, the warmth. <laughs> Does anyone want more hot cocoa? And you can hold it here. Let me put it, yeah, like, let <laughs> me it, give you a knit coaster, like a coaster that's also woven. <laughs> you put it right in your lap. In, right in your lap. Yeah, everything goes right in your laps, the whole family. I hope that people, people start being afraid to send you their Christmas cards <laughs> or more aggressive in sending you their Christmas right, cards. Right, I love it. With the entire family. And that's a seasonal joke. I mean, unless, you know, that's why I'm like, I've got to get this material out now. Today's episode is brought to you by Amy Ranham, Michelle Lemoyne, Shoshana Ruth Wechter, Mary Pinson, and Christy Herod. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, including producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $10, $500, that's your business, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. That's hornet, like the insect, leg, like its appendage, at gmail. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to seeing your name on the podcast. Sir Ponyo looks forward to it too. Don't be scared. That's Ponyo's voice. I also love your joke that's on the album about the fucking emoji of the crying, the, the tears shooting out of the guy's face and he's telling a joke. I've been texting with this guy. He uses that emoji that's laughing so hard it's crying at his own jokes. Or just even simple statements. He'll be like, I just bought the world's largest Lego set. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God. He's like, what should I do with it? (laughs) I'm like, return it. Return it. And he's like, I think I'm going to blow it up and put it on YouTube. (laughs) I'm like, if you're using that emoji, I'm sorry, I looked it up on WebMD. Laughing while crying is a neurological disorder. (laughs) And also, if you're doing that after every sentence, you're exhausted. Because by doing this, you're just dampening everything around you. Except me. I cannot believe how much people use that emoji. Laughing while crying. Who? Nobody sends that to me. You know, it seems so passive aggressive. Guys use it. They'll be like, I, I can't even think. Powdered or glazed? Powdered or yeah, exactly. Crying It'll up. just be any question, or yeah. they'll just be like, "Just got home." <laughs> and you're like, "Why do you feel the need to put that emoji? Why am I supposed to be in? You're telling me to be have that reaction? Yeah. That's what you're doing. You're not at home going. <laughs> just got home. <laughs> like, don't put that on this conversation." It's and also, it's almost like it's an excuse to not 
use like eloquent language. Yeah. Like, or be creative with language. Yeah. If you're always reverting to the emoji, it's like you're missing some kind of substance in the text. Yeah. Right? I... I don't know. Or do you consider emojis like archaic, like cave designs (laughs) on that? I mean, I don't know. I've gotten really into GIFs or GIFs, as they're said. I've been getting into using those a little bit. But I want you to know, once I dated, I was like, I can date younger. You know, at a certain point, as a woman, you you get to a weird age where all of a sudden younger people start availing themselves to you. Yes. And I was like, I could date younger. And I dated a millennial who would write LOL after everything. And I, because I'm a fucking original hag, I to myself, not to them, but I'd be like, you're not fucking laughing out loud. You're not laughing right. out loud oh, right now. Yeah, or they'd be like, R-O-F-L. I'd be like, you're not... Rofal ro- is the worst. There's literally no way you're rolling on the floor laughing right now. I was like, that wasn't that funny. Oh my God. You're you not- just totally reminded me. I had to get a colonoscopy and I did it in underwear that said LOL on it. <laughs> Sorry, I just am having the reminder. That's pretty I funny. Didn't think about what I wore and I had this old pair of underwear that said LOL and then I was like, oh my God, wrong day. There, wrong day. There couldn't be a more perfect thing um, to wear to a colonoscopy that's though. That's true. You're right. Did they let you wear your underwear while that gets done? I don't remember... I don't remember because they put you under. Oh. Yeah. I don't think you wear underwear. I don't think you actually wear it. I don't remember at what point I took them off. But it would be better than... At what point I slid (laughs) off my LOL underwear. But I just remember getting there and being like, oh. (laughs) It's better than you wearing like a teddy to get a colonoscopy. That's so funny. (laughs) Dr. Baby. (laughs) (laughs) Proctologist baby. Um, But... Wait, so you actually, you just did a one-woman show about having Lyme disease uh-huh. in your act. It's also known as Glyme disease from glamping. Right. Um, but so something from the show that I never knew before was this, I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory or just a fact. Right. That Lyme disease came from these fucking superbugs from like a toxic, oh. toxic bioweapon island. Yeah. So it's so, it's, it's a lot Let's unpack it. No, this is great. This is great. I just am in my brain, like, taking out the avocados, taking out the whole wheat bread. Okay. (laughs) I'm unpacking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is a theory, but it's the most plausible theory. It made a lot of sense when I heard it. Because, so there were these Nazi scientists who were brought here after the war under the protection of our government. So basically, on Plum Island, there's this biological warfare facility that doubles as a center for animal disease control studies. They brought over this scientist whose specialty was literally like spraying viruses from an airplane over Russia. He created illnesses Mm -hmm. and bioweapons to use against other countries. So his name was Eric Traub. He was brought here under the protection of our government, and he was literally injecting, using ticks and injecting them with bioweapons and stuff and and illnesses. And they were basically trying to create something that could make like a U.S. enemy think they were going crazy and eventually like kill them. Mm -hmm. So that's why Lyme disease, weirdly, like it doesn't always show up in tests. It's like a very elusive disease. It was created that way. It was created so that people would be like, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. How did all this information come to the surface? That's a great question. Well, Plum Island is actually just across, it's like just across the Long Island Sound from Lyme, Connecticut, where everyone started getting sick. Oh. 
and there have been a lot of animals that got diseases on Plum Island that got, what's the hand to mouth or foot to mouth? Hoof and mouth. Yeah, that one. Yeah. If you look up Plum Island and like Google images of animals and stuff, you'll see all these just like dead animals lying there and they say, they'll be like, but we killed all the animals who got that disease. They never left Plum Island. So all these diseases were just like circulating on Plum Island and they kept having to kill animals and stuff. And, but they never think about like birds, like a bird could easily have a tick attached to it and literally fly to Lyme, Connecticut, which is right there Yeah. or any animal, like there are different ways that animals could, you know, so everyone in Lyme, Connecticut started to get sick, like full families, not everyone, but like, yeah, that's how it started was in old Lyme and whole families were getting sick and they couldn't figure out like what it was. They told all these kids that they had juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Oh, very common. Yeah. And that's one of the things that you can get misdiagnosed with when you get Lyme disease. Mm -hmm. And even when I was sick and my test went from negative to positive to negative to positive, it's like the test isn't reliable. The test they give you is only 30% accurate. Oh, God. Issued um, by the CDC. Yeah, because the CDC, basically that you have all these different bands that react to Lyme disease. And they say, um, if you have, they're like, you have to have so many bands for us to say you have Lyme when it's really just one band. So there are all these people out there who have Lyme disease and they get misdiagnosed with like, they thought I had MS. I had to get tested for ALS twice. They told me I had rheumatoid arthritis. They told me I had borderline lupus. I got misdiagnosed with all these other diseases. And then the the thing that I find so crazy is like the all these autoimmune disorders, none of our great grandmas had these. Mm-hmm. None, even our grandmothers, not like, oh, you know, so-and-so's grandma. I mean, rarely do you hear of a grandma having like MS or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So all these autoimmune disorders seem like they're more recent developments that kind of line up on the timeline with when people started to get Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. And... So if you get a negative test for Lyme, they'll say, you know, you have something else. Like fibromyalgia is a big one, chronic fatigue. Mm-hmm. They'll say you have something else so that when you die of from Lyme disease, they'll say it was something else. They'll say oh, it was heart failure or it was lupus or she had, you know, because they don't want to take responsibility well, like- for the transmission and the total like neglect like and, and the lack of acknowledgement of the disease they don't want to take responsibility for it is there just yeah like why is there why are there not more resources going towards researching There's Lyme no disease research. is it just because government funding isn't there it's because i believe it's because it was created mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. so admitting to that admitting that I mean, it would be insane. Like, what would the government have to do? Yeah. Like, none of it's covered by insurance. So basically, they'll say, if you have Lyme and you took two weeks of antibiotics, and or some doctors give you 28 days, which is great, and you're still sick afterward, 
which is likely. It, say you see the bullseye rash, which I didn't. That's kind of a long story, but say you see the bullseye rash and you take a month of medication, you might get rid of it. You might get it to a point where your immune system, you caught it early enough, it didn't spread, your immune system took over. Yeah. But it's possible that you still, because you have Lyme living inside of you, if you went through an experience where your immune system was bad, you were in a car accident, you got had to have surgery, it could come out. It could bring the Lyme to life because it stays in your system. Mm-hmm. So, but the government or this and the CDC don't acknowledge that that uh, and they say that like. It's, I'm like, it's so crazy, Nicole. It is so crazy. They don't acknowledge it. So it's not covered by insurance. You have to like go seek out doctors who actually have to hide under different titles. Like they'll say, I'm an endocrinologist. And then they'll secretly treat Lyme disease. Because doctors, there's this whole documentary called Under Our Skin where they show this doctor who was helping kids with Lyme disease. He got his medical license taken away. He was no longer allowed to, they took him to court and stuff and said that he was doing like, you know, unorthodox treatments and stuff, but he was trying to help these kids. Wow. So then, yeah. so you have paid out of pocket like a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. I, it, it ravaged my life. Like I, I had no idea what I was in for. It started with like headaches. I went to see a neurologist and I remember like looking up the best in the show. I talk about how I went, I went to Elizabeth, the guy who removed Elizabeth Taylor's brain tumor. The <laughs> glamorous. Yeah. The most glamorous doctor. Um, and it started there and then it was just like non. I mean, I'm still just like, it's so expensive. It's crazy. It's, it's a disease. I mean, I wouldn't wish it upon anyone, but especially, you know, an artist who's just like, <laughs> no, I'm going to start sobbing. Well, I'm an artist. If you have an advice question for Sagittarian Matters, call or text our advice hotline, 971-361-9998. Leave a message. We might answer your question on the air, and we promise not to answer the phone. That is a Sagittarian promise that you can take all the way to the bank. The last thing I want I have on my list yeah, yeah. to ask you about is when you did some modeling for a video store. Uh, <laughs> I think you were a teenager. Right. Can you tell me about that? Yes. When I so I just graduated college, I was living in my sister's basement. I had not a lot going. I mean, I was an acting major with a poetry minor. I was trying to do performance art. I was like figuring it out. I had just gotten into stand up. And I was performing one night at this Mexican restaurant in Minneapolis. And this guy came up to me. He was like a legend there. And he was like, how would you like to be in a commercial? And I was like, oh, my God. Like, that's what I almost went to school for. And he was like, come to this video store like tomorrow. He's like, and can you do your makeup a little bit better than it is right now? Did he say the word better? Yeah. He goes, and can you do your, can you do your makeup a little bit better than it is right now? And I was like, sure. And he also told me to wear something that like showed my shoulders. And I was like, you mean like a tube top? And he was like, yeah, that's perfect. A tube top. So I like went home. I like dug for my tube top, got my red tube top, 
the next day, went to this video store and the first part of the commercial, he was like, he wanted me to stand on one side and kind of walk through and be like, Minnesota's number one source for movies is video lease. And then the second frame, I was like standing in this cubby and I had to be like, we have the biggest selection of movies in the Twin Cities metro area, comedy, drama, and much, much more. And he like wanted me to wink he kept go- he kept trying to get me to say it like in a sexy way. He'd be like, and much, much more. And I couldn't tell that he wanted it to be sexy. And then he's like, uh, how about just wink? But like, I can't wink, so just look like a butterfly died on my face. And then the final frame, I was like sitting on the counter of the video store. And I was like, had to be like, whatever you're looking for can be found at Video Lease. <laughs> and then it was like, we're located off 94 East, you know, like that whole thing. So then, like, some time went by, and I was working in a comedy club, and I was on stage, and I got off stage, and there was, like, a TV in the bar area, and my commercial was playing. How exciting. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't even believe it. But it was like, I had almost forgotten about it, because it only paid, like, $200 flat rate. I was like, most things you do, you're like, I'm never going to see that thing happen. But I was also, like, excited, because I was like, I can't believe I booked a commercial. Like, no one else who I went to school with has booked a commercial yet. Or like anyone I knew, you know? Yeah. I thought it was a big deal. So the commercial played and it was like, Minnesota's number one source for movies a video lease. Then it just started flashing like X, 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 hot, hot, hot. And then the next frame, it was like comedy, drama, and much, much more. And then it just started scrolling. It was like <laughs> anal beads, golden showers. It was like the beginning <laughs> of Star Wars. Like it's going so quickly. I was like, oh my God. And then the final frame, it said four hour long DVDs, twenty four ninety five. It's like, oh my god! I called my mom and I was like, Mom, I'm in a commercial, and she was like, I know. And I'm like, Why do you say anything? And she was like, Because I was ashamed. Oh my god! I, it was so bad. It was on all the time. This commercial. It was on before and after every late night show. It was like my. It wasn't my identity because thank God I had stand up and I and I was around people who could laugh at it and make fun of me and that was great because my family was not into it. Can people yeah. find it on YouTube now? Have you I tried have to find it? High and low. I believe I have a tape of it somewhere, but I don't even know. Oh my god! I think it's gone, but the guy is still around. What was he famous for? What was he legendary for? He did a lot of... Okay, he was a comedian, but he did a lot of late night, um, come on down to this club or that club thing. And he would wear like a purple suit. He had kind of a little Richard vibe. And he was just kind of like a Minneapolis, like... Like, if you're listening to this, you know who I'm talking about, but I would never say his name because I feel like he'd definitely come for me. (laughs) Like you owe me more money yes. for making you so famous. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Panyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next time.